everyone, welcome back to another episode of 7 Minutes Scaling Secrets. This time round, we have Casper back again into the show. This time, he's going to tell us a little bit more about brand storytelling. And I think it's going to be an exciting episode because every brand needs a story. And today, we're going to discover how to do that. Casper, welcome back. This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join our free launchpad community today where we've created a valuable space that has free content on how to scale your business and where we bring together entrepreneurs just like yourself. you learn how to systemize and superscale your business so that your revenues can grow to at least $100,000 a month with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com slash launchpad today and now, back to the episode. Thank you so much for having me for the second time. Yeah. By popular demand, or not so popular demand, maybe. <laughs> Everybody loves you, man. And I think there are a lot of nuggets that you shared uh, in the sure? last episode uh, that we're going to dive and delve deeper into in this episode. Um, and I think the, the topic is going to be about storytelling. In particularly, specifically about brand storytelling, and 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 that's something that's really you know affecting all kinds of businesses, right? Because people don't just buy on logic alone; they buy on emotions. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. What exactly is brand storytelling? Right. Well, to be honest, if I were to put this in a dictionary definition, I don't think there's a right dictionary definition for for, for brand storytelling in a sense, right? But the idea is that. Yeah, whatever you mentioned is right. Like at the end of the day, you know, a consumer's uh, purchase decision is fully emotional, right? And I think what's really overlooked in today is really brand storytelling. And brand storytelling, basically in its most basic explanation, is literally the story of a brand, right? The story of why it exists, how it started, how it came about. Um, how it progresses through the age, you know? And like the story of a human being or the story of a person, just um, similar to that, every brand has a certain value, yeah. has a certain moral, has a certain purpose, right? And when I talk about a purpose, I don't mean as in a purpose of like its product and what and the problem that it solves. Talking about the bigger value that it has into impacting the society and the community, right? Okay. From that purpose and that value. And then with that story, right? Attracting people who are like-minded, right? And I think that is what brand storytelling is, right? And there's there's really is no right or wrong to the story that a brand has or a brand wants to portray. At the end of the day, it's all about what's its biggest purpose, how it got there, you know, what is what is the map, what is the journey it took into becoming what it is what it represents, the value that it has, and the purpose and the purpose of the brand and its impact today and in the future. Okay. We need yeah. some examples, man. Give, give us, a, give us a, an example of this brand storytelling. Like, is there anybody that has done this really well? Well, to be honest, like, it's not an old, like, it's, it's, it's sorry, it's not, a, it's not a new groundbreaking strategy, right? Uh, in fact, brand storytelling has been around for the longest time. Um, and it defines what successful brands are today, right? In fact, a lot of successful brands, a lot of the successful brands that people consume from actually leverage on storytelling. And in fact, they started because of storytelling, 
right? Uh, let me let me give you an example. Let let's talk about Apple, right? A lot of us know it. You know, it's it's one of the biggest case studies that's ever been done before. If yeah, you, I'm, I'm using their products, like my MacBooks here, and yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's testament, and that's you know, strong testament to why Apple is such a successful brand. It's not because of the product itself, but it's because of the story and the value that it brings to the community, to society, to the public, right? Um, Apple, you know, and this and this case study is is not new. Um, Simon Sinek, for example, has given lots of talks, right? He's given a lot of, um, he shared a lot of wisdom through the golden circle and used that idea to, to really, you know, show the credibility of storytelling for Apple. Apple's motto that why, why they started what they do is because they always wanted to challenge the status quo. They always want to do different and they believe that different is better, right? That's why Apple started. Like if you go back in history, if you watch, you know, Steve Jobs, uh, biography or biofilms, right? Right. He always wanted to do better. He always wanted to do different, yeah. right? And, and that's him as a person. And, and his personality and his why and his purpose has, has literally bled into the value of the company as well, right? And that literally becomes the story because he wanted to challenge the status quo, do different, do better. That's why they created computers, you know, that were better designed, that were easier, that were for lack of a better word, sexier, groovier, cooler to have, right? And, and that becomes like the value proposition, right? They, Apple, at the end of the day, is a brand that represents being creative, being different. They just happen to make computers. Right. I, I, right? I love that about Apple. I love the story that is, they've spun. Um, and I resonate with that as well. I guess that on an emotional level connects me with the brand. Exactly. And as a consumer, you know, you automatically feel that, you know, you want to be different. If you have Apple, you are more creative. If you have Apple, you are different from the rest, right? right. It's not about getting a very good computer, right? I mean, every computer is great. Apple's great. We've got other brands that are great, but there are people that want to be different. They want to stand out from the crowd. So they buy Apple, right? Okay. So it attracts that, that, that nature of that consumer. Okay, so people are definitely yeah. going to be thinking in their minds, hey man, sure, but this is Apple. Oh, wait, what happens if they're running a business and it's like, you know, Theo Asing hardware store? What well, then? Well, that's really easy, right? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, your product or your service is really just, it's, it's, it's really just your byproduct. At the end of the day, it's easy to come up with storytelling and it's a very simple question and it starts with why and how, right? Uh, this is what I always ask every entrepreneur who started a business who wants to get into a brand campaign or a marketing campaign. The first thing I ask is, why did you do what you do? And I don't mean why as a monetary uh, outcome, right? You don't do things just because you want to make money. There is a bigger reason, right, that you took this. And it could be a personal reason, and there's no wrong in choosing a personal uh, motivation to why you wanted to start the business, right? Like I wanted to start Raw Spark because I wanted to be different because I was different from the rest of my classmates in school because I didn't want to be like my other classmates. I wanted to be different. I wanted to be eccentric. I wanted to be special. Every time I, every time the teacher said yes, I wanted to say why not yes and why not you know why why a I wanted to come up with why not B C D E F G why not C which right? school were you from, by the way? Uh, I'm from St. Andrews. So I'm an essay boy, which 
a lot of rulemakers come from Hesse. Yeah. You can hear the stories. We are. <laughs> it's like the, the whole class will probably be saying no to the teacher, right? <laughs> that's another. That's another conversation. I would say we should carry on. <laughs> there are a lot of stories, but hey. You know, and, and, and I mean this in a good way, you know, we, we've always had a lot of questions and it's always good to always ask questions. And, 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 and as, a, as a kid, I've been always taught to always ask questions, to ask more questions, you know, and I don't mean this in a defiant manner. I mean this in a, why not this way that could be better? And why are we doing what we are doing? Right. It's always good to have rationale. And, you know, and that's, that's why I started Ross Barkley as a brand. So I, I, I extend that notion to everyone else who's starting a business as well. But how do you develop that though? Like, I mean, people don't just get born out of nowhere and then like suddenly have this yearning to say or ask questions, right? What, yeah. what were you like as a kid? Why was that something that was part of your, your psyche and your DNA? Well, I've, well I, oh. I, I think it would be upbringing, really. And, and, and just to elaborate a little bit, yeah. typically what happens in like, you know, parenting or, you know, child upbringing situations is that a child usually asks a lot of questions, uh, which is common, but then they get shot down, right? They'll be like shot down by their parents. They get shot down by their teachers. They'll be, be, you know, people will get frustrated with them. They'll ask, you know, why are you asking so many questions or stop asking so many questions? Right, right. What was your upbringing like? Did you face that? Well, well, I think I think we're digressing a little bit, but it's a, but it's an interesting conversation, right? And I want to ask you, and I want to answer you as well, and 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 I think I think this is really important in in our Singapore culture as well, right? Yeah. Like, um, and and generally, like like across the world, like I think as kids, you know, the truth is in parenting, and I'm I'm not a parent myself, but but this is what I've learned from friends who are parents, right? Like good parents as well. I think you know. It's about asking questions, allowing the kid to ask questions, and then parents giving their kids the choice to make based on, this, on those questions, right? Like, I think uh, it's about educating kids on the outcome of their choices. That's a lot more important. I find that a lot more important than to giving kids the answer, right? Because when you give kids the outcome of their choices, then they can make those choices. And if it happens to be the wrong choice, they learn from the consequences of those wrong choices. In a sense, it's about learning the hard way. Right. And then from learning the hard way, they know, hey, I'm more confident in being able to take risks. I'm not afraid of making mistakes. Right? So again, it goes back to that. I think, I think how, I was up, how I was brought up as a kid was that I was allowed to make mistakes. My parents allowed me to make mistakes. You know, my family members allowed me to make mistakes. In school, I was given the opportunity to make mistakes as well. Right? Got it. Got it. And, yeah. And, and that meant that, you know, I could I could have critical thinking. Yes. Because I, think I would be, yeah. Which is so essential, right? It's not, yeah. it's not just critical thinking. I think the, the world around us is sometimes just too fixated on a certain way of doing things, right? The exactly. process way of doing things in Singapore, at least. Exactly. And and I see that all the time. Even as a kid when I was growing up, I remember my driving instructor um asking me to do something like keep to the left or something like that, right? Yeah. And my first response is, why? 
Yeah. I genuinely wanted, wanted to find out why. What was exactly. the reason? How do I like know when I should keep left or not, right? What was, yeah. what was, what was the considerations that I mustn't be aware of? Yeah. Um, and I, I think he got annoyed. He got annoyed because I was like, question, I probably was, he thought I was like questioning him or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a strange reaction to a student who was, who was just trying to learn something from you uh, yeah. who's, who's supposed to be an instructor. Um, yeah. but I, I think that's something that's not actually the exception that's something that actually is happening quite a lot uh, yeah. and the the worrying thing is it happens in places of authority whether they are like parents or teachers which yeah. does, which does affect you know our our future generations right people that are trying to learn and, and to grow and to you know develop as people absolutely Absolutely. I think I think it's important, you know, for kids to, to make mistakes and to understand that failure isn't a bad thing. A lot of people look to failure as like, a, oh, my God, you failed. You know, you, 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 you won't succeed. You know, we, we're given a lot of that fear. And, I, and, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I won't lie to you. That fear has definitely struck me as a kid when I was young. Right. And, you know, going back, looking back, you know, actually, if I made those mistakes, I would have learned a lot. I could have bounced back. And, and there's really nothing wrong with making those failures. I think I was also fortunate as a kid because it, it back in my school during my time in St. Andrews, I was allowed to make mistakes. You know, our teachers really, our teachers were, were really different. We were quite lucky, right? And I think we have very strong alumni who've also, in a, in a sense, in a good way, broken those rules and made those mistakes. And we've learned from them. And it's a very good thing. And, and you know, going back to that culture, right? Like, like it's always good to, to learn from, in St. Andrews, we have a very strong alumni right? right so it's good to learn from the older brother you yeah. know yeah so i think community also 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 plays a part right having a very strong community of being able to ask questions or able to ask questions openly to have your to have your own opinion of things you know and even if they're not even if it's not an opinion that that agrees with everybody it's it's okay you learn to agree yeah. to disagree you learn to understand other people's point of view you learn to understand to come out where your point of view comes from as well. I think that's very important. Yeah, I think that nurturing part of, pe of people's development is critical. Uh, the ability for your community or your environment to support you as a person, especially in the development phases where you're growing up, where you're developing as a person. I think that's so crucial. And I think that that kind of results in you being who you are today, right? Being able to ask questions, being able to like delve into like what, what creates a strong story? What, what makes a brand a brand? You know, the reasons why people do the things that they do. Those are absolutely essential for any business, right? And when exactly. I work with my clients, sometimes they just go straight into the, the mechanics of like, you know, how a transaction is like, you know, well, how do I sell a, a product better? Exactly. Uh, but again, like what you said, it's not a logical choice most of the time. It's really based on sometimes just pure emotions, right? Who you exactly. are, why you're doing the things that you're doing, and why they should choose you over someone yeah. else. Yeah. Um, those are pure emotions. So, exactly. Yeah, let's go back to the, the story of uh Tio Tio Asing. Tio How does somebody like that uh create a brand, you know, make use of brand storytelling to uh surface, you know, all these points that you mentioned? Right. So let, let, let's go back to, to Mr. Tio Aseng. So before he's probably started this hardware company, there's probably been a story. It's not, it's not about money. He probably didn't start his hardware shop just because of money, you know, or money alone. He's probably started it because either A, he's got a passion for it, right? He's got a passion for hardware. 
Um, and, you know, or there was something that struck him that, you know, that struck his, that inspired him to take up that as a career. It could be maybe community as well. Community is another origin for why people do what they do, right? It's about people, you know, and, you know, people are lacking something. He wants to be a helper. He wants to support. So at the end of the day, it goes down to personal motivation, right? It goes down to personal motivation. Why they did what they did right? That value. What is the moral, right? What is the moral of that? And how did they come up with that, right? And from there, when they build that purpose of the value, it could be, you know, maybe they want to make things accessible because they just want to help people. Maybe they're givers. Maybe they want to change the world, be a better, you know, make the world a better place by allowing people, you know, to build new communities, new, maybe, you know, I don't know, construct new homes for people. And you want to do that by you know, fueling the hardware business or the hardware industry so that people have the tools to be able to build homes to impact society. So at the end of the day, it's all about the purpose. It's all about the value. It's all about the why they did what they did. And I will start with that, right? And when you use that story, at the end of the day, the consumers that go to Tiwa Singh, they don't go to Tiwa Singh because he's got the best hardware or because he's got the best price, but they go to him because he's got the right heart for it. Maybe, you know, he's got the right value. They align with his value. They want to impact society positively. That's why they want to buy hardware from him. Right. You know, yeah. it becomes an emotional response. Right. I, I know this to be true because if, if like, for example, people always say price has to be the best, but if that's the case, then in the market, there will only be one, pl- one player, one person surviving and thriving. And that's the guy that probably has the lowest prices. But we know that it's not true at all. Exactly. Uh, people that have even for commodities different prices right and uh, there there's a reason behind that there's a reason why the guy with higher prices can still thrive in the economy in the industries despite them having like lower price competitors um exactly yeah, yeah. and i think that brand story the reason for being um that has to be super strong absolutely you know it, it's also the same reason why people buy under armor Right, people buy Under Armour not because it's not just because it's great fabric. Yeah, the fabric is great. It's great material. It's a great product, no doubt. But people buy Under Armour because they want to be like Dwayne Johnson because Under Armour believes that they can make you a better athlete. People believe that Under Armour supports athleticism. It supports the fact that you will be better, that you'll be able to improve yourselves. So definitely, people who want to improve themselves, who want to be better than you know, want to surpass their past results, want to be better than who they want, be- who, who they are before, will invest in Under Armour. You know, it's the same thing. And, and it all boils down to the story. You know, they're not buying the fabric. They're buying the fact that they're buying the value that they can be a better person than, they, who, than who they were before. Right. I love that. Um, <laughs> that's why brand ambassadorship works. That's why... Absolutely. Um, yeah, all these all these like values that they advertise, that's why that that resonates with their audience. Exactly. Um, I I mean Dwayne Johnson alone, I think, just based on his work ethic, has attracted like so many people, right? And he doesn't just go around advertising the fact that he's a celebrity, he advertises his work ethic. Like literally on Instagram, you see him working out. Exactly. Like, he doesn't even do anything. He just says, it's 5 a.m. I'm working out at the gym and he's sweating yeah. and he's like, you know, pumping iron and you see the dedication and the work that he puts in, right? And I think that resonates with people. Um, yeah, All right. I love what that 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 means and that, you know, conveys. Um, and I think brands need to really embrace that. But exactly. What 
what how does that manifest though? Tio Asing, when he considers this and then translates his why into something tangible, how does that look like? Yeah. Are we talking about advertisements? Are we talking about you know putting that onto your signboard? Uh, how does that look like for a business like that? Many ways, actually, really. At the end of the day, the story, the core storytelling, right? Technology, the space, the tools, the product, that's the canvas. Right. right now, if, if he believes in that, right, and he believes in that story, it automatically bleeds into tangible assets. Let me give you an example. So, from from a creative, let's talk about brand campaigns. Right, when you have a story, it becomes a message. When you have that message, immediately you've got the idea to come up with ads. You know that become that translates into your writing, how you how you present yourself as a brand, how you write, how you write in your website, how you write on your shop outlet. Right? right, it translates into the design of the space. Right, how you design your space. If you have a place that's luxurious because you want to attract people, you know, who who think of great design, who think of a higher level, automatically that would translate into the design of the space to be able to track that. Oh, right, man, and that's that. an ad. Right, then that's in your ads, your visuals. You know, who you who you cast as an influencer, and that's just the marketing alone. What about the product? Well, if you believe in sustainability. If you believe in changing the world and po- and giving positive impact in terms of eco-friendliness, for example, you know, you could, when, when you come out with your product line, it's definitely got to be sustainable, right? right. Yeah. If you care for the earth, if that, if that is your story, automatically your products need to fall in line with that, got it. right? If you think about thinking, designing better, thinking better, thinking ahead, then you've got to design your products that are great. Likewise, in a, yeah, in a yeah, creative it's something that people don't don't focus enough of. Like uh, exactly, my my clients who are in entrepreneurship and business, I, I think they they start getting distracted and getting confused by the other competitors that they have out there, and they try to be like them. Uh, exactly, and that dilutes the brand message that they have. Right, absolutely. Somebody like for example, uh, Mister Tio are saying that maybe he cares about providing an all-in-one service for his customers. Yeah. Maybe he starts being distracted by co- competing on price, and then starts putting up like large signs about price price decreases or sales yeah. or promotions, and yeah. that dilutes the message that he wants to, he wanted to have in the first place. Yeah, and that confusion is what is you know very prevalent in a lot of businesses. They don't have the clarity of why they're doing the things that they are doing and translating exactly. it into something that. You know, permeates through everything that they do in their business. Exactly. I love that. That that is something that I think a lot of businesses need to focus on. Definitely, you know, yeah. and I think it doesn't just apply to products; it applies to services as well. Like, if you believe in doing different, then as a creative agency, you can propose different ideas. Yeah, or find ways, or find mediums or modalities to propose different ideas for your clients. Yeah, right? if you offer like cybersecurity, you could offer alternative ways of cybersecurity that are A, cheaper, B, more accessible, C, have more quality control, right? Yes. yes. That's an example. So it it bleeds into whatever you do. At the end of the day, the why will steer the vision and that will bleed into like, not just your marketing and not just how your brand looks, but really into the the offerings that you give, the services that you provide, the products that you make, it will translate into that automatically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But but, but the the caveat is that they really must believe it and take the effort into translating that into something tangible. I think some people say that they are like all about providing great customer support 
And yeah. then, you know, there's a disconnect between what they say and what they do because when you contact them, you, you don't hear back from that person for like two days or when you get a reply, you know, it's this half-assed reply that leaves you more frustrated than they're not. Um, exactly. Right, and then the, that, that yeah. disconnect, that gap is just massive. Absolutely. And that's the third, and that's the third one as well that's overlooked, which is culture. You know, so storytelling steers how your brand looks. Storytelling steers what your product will be in the end. But a very important thing that's also important for business owners is that storytelling will drive culture. You know, and that immediately picks who you pick, who you hire, who you put in charge of your leadership, right? Because the people are aligned with your story, they could do magic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that's that's not again a focus of of most businesses most businesses just hire uh someone that replies or responds to their advertisement and there's no clarification there's no resonance there's no alignment yeah uh, there are no matching values and it's just terrible right um i think i think in terms of painting objectives and painting culture uh one of the one of the great examples is of the military right like no general will tell you uh i'm gonna send you on a mission and you need to walk 20 kilometers Right, in order to get to the enemy. Yeah. Nobody nobody says that. The general will only say, hey man, you've got to go here and we have to take out take out the missile launcher here. Right. And that yeah. is the objective. Clear and simple. I don't care how you do it. You can, you can, you know, and the plan always goes haywire, right? The plan never goes exactly. to plan. Exactly. You can, you can get inserted into the enemy's territory and then like you realize you you're at a different point. Or yeah. you realize that there's now a giant river that you've you've not nobody knew about and you've now got to swim across that or or whatever right and that plan yeah. goes uh awry and um i think having that culture of building up like values that you have a soldier that knows the objective he knows that he needs to do whatever it takes to get there he knows that you know uh the skills that he has the competencies uh, uh you know you have all your military stuff you know how to shoot a gun you know how to like uh, march you know how to take care of yourself and survive in the jungle you know, all those yeah. are all essential building blocks. But exactly. then that allows you to build a plan on the spot, on the fly, so that you can take care of the objective. And that's something that I think businesses need to have as well. Exactly. Right? To have that culture exactly. where the organization paints the organizational objectives. And while you can shape it somehow, uh, it's more important to equip your team with the knowledge, the culture, the values, the skill sets, uh, and then let them figure out how to actually hit the objectives. Exactly. I totally agree with you, you know, definitely. I also think, you know, national service is a very good way of building teams and building teamwork, you know, and, 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 and mutual understanding among a team. I think it's, you know, I, I borrow a lot of values from that, you know, in building, <laughs> building the team, you know, especially my own company as well. Our biggest, intact, our, our biggest commodity among teammates is actually trust. When, when we interview, you know, that's one of the biggest values we look at trust and integrity. You know, we, we don't look at qualifications, or, or, you know, we don't look at qualifications as, as heavily as, you know, can they communicate? Yeah. Are they honest? Are they open about their failures? Yeah. You know? yeah. Culture. It's all about culture, really. And when you've got someone who's culturally aligned, you give them a story, they, they, you align them with the values of your story. It's amazing. It's, it, it's amazing what wonders it can, it can work. Yeah. Absolutely agree. I think most of the time companies, they optimize for aptitude you know, the skill sets, the competencies, but it's not as important as, you know, the attitude that a person has. Once you find somebody with the right attitude, you can train the skills, you can train the competencies, right? Exactly. Where you need them to be. 
Yeah. Um, but you cannot train somebody with for the right values. You cannot train somebody for the right mindset. Absolutely. You know, if you have yeah. a go-getter, if you have a go-getter, no matter what you put in front of them, they will go get. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's 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 that. It's it's upbringing, it's culture. You know, it's yeah. something you cannot, you 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 cannot, yeah. You know, you yeah. can't trade a good team player for anybody else, you know. A great Absolutely. team player is a great team player, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Casper, uh, thanks so much for your time, man. I'm just cognizant of the My time. Uh, no worries. Yeah, the, the time just flew by. I, I hope everybody listening to this episode uh, enjoyed it, got great nuggets of wisdom from Casper. And hopefully if you guys like him and like what he's sharing, uh, let us know. We'll bring him back again for a third episode. Um, hey, if you guys like this episode, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, Casper, please let them know how best that people can reach out to you. Well, you can reach out to me on um, Instagram at Caspar Francis. Caspar is spelled C-A-S-P-A-R-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. You could check out rawsparkgroup.com. So www.rawsparkgroup.com. We've got an email there. So pop a question. I'll definitely answer it as well. Or any of my teammates will be able to answer as well. So yeah, they're just as amazing, if not more amazing. Sounds good, man. Uh, We will have those links in the show notes down below as well so that you can check it out. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much, Casper. Really enjoyed this episode and I hope all of you benefited greatly from this as well. Take care, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Peace.